Psycho. Oh, Hitchcock. Yeah. Snap, it snap, just does the, snap, it just does Psycho, the uh, shower scene, uh-huh. but instead of a murderer, it's just a game toad, and it's just it treats it like it's like yeah. Did you see the suddenly... Simpsons reference that where. Bart versus Australia, where it ends with him introducing a single cane toad to the environment. No. Oh, no. As no. they fly away, Lisa's like, that's what happens when you introduce a new species. Right. Uh, um, which is, the docs about. I always thought it was super weird. Because, right, it's referencing that real event yeah. mm-hmm. in Australia, but I also thought it was super weird that Bart only brought one cane toad. How did it become millions of cane toads? Right. If it was only one. That's toad oh. sex. It'd have, to, it have, uh. it have to be pregnant when it got there. Oh, maybe his toad was pregnant. Um, so this is Frame Rate, the show where we rate frames. Yeah. It, sneaked on up, it sneaked up on you like a documentary about cane toads oh. in Australia. Wow. Uh, or a murderer Michael, and psycho. Michael, Michael. And yet it has nothing to do with either of those things. Kane Toads is just a great doc that any film buff should check out. So I thought... Yeah, it's thought like a playful that, doc. I thought we'd get that recommendation playful. on tape. Um, but today, we're talking about Thelma and Louise. Mm. Do, do, do. Here I, on Frame Rate, we have three voices you're going to hear. I'm Michael Swain. I'm Abe Epperson. I'm Maggie. Maggie's back. Hi. Hi. Hey. I came She's back. back. She's Mayfish. Maggie's back. <laughs> this movie was a request, right? This movie, yeah. Uh, we definitely want to shout out Vivian Liu, who are very generous patron, who joined Aww. the Pick the Flick tier, and picked Thelma and Louise. So it wasn't on our Aww. list, but I think it's a really great pick. It's a great one. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, we've also done Green Room at the behest of a patron. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so, so this is really fun. She, she mm-hmm. wanted you. Oh, oh yeah, and she requested you oh, especially. Thanks, Vivian. So I think she probably expects some signature some Maggie signature. Mayfish takes on Thelma and Louise. Right. So why don't yeah. you just get us going with whatever comes to mind first? Right. Well, uh, you know, so this is actually the second time I've seen it. Oh, that was my question. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. The first time, uh, I went in not knowing anything. I had not been spoiled for me. I didn't know any of the, like... Uh, anything about How it. How long ago was that? Uh, it was it was probably like two years ago. Oh, okay. Maybe more recent than that. Um, yeah, this is my second time. Uh, there are things that I love about it, and there are things that I'm just like, okay, okay, <laughs> that <laughs> like don't seem to mean anything. Uh, okay, so it's more an okay of neutrality, like it's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Not like okay, I'm a like. Super disappointed, just like it's fine. No, I'm not super. I think this is a solid movie. Terrible moments of like, just like that's fine. Well, okay, so I, you know, for me, it's like I think a lot of people see this as like an LGBTQ like film, Uh, and for me, it doesn't have any of that. It doesn't have anything to do with that per se. I think think it's a more feminist. Only definitely, and only you could only really see that. In the sense that anything that's pro-equal rights for all human beings, you're mm-hmm. like, well, then it's implicitly pro-trans rights. Sure. Right. But it's not about that. It's about sexism, specifically gendered cis-sexism. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Although mm-hmm. I do think that like sin- it, has ha- it like, has a life of its own as like a like queer film. Uh, yeah. And like, and there was like none of that. And so, like, that's a little disappointing. It was, like, a little slow throughout most of it. Mm, I don't feel that way, but okay. Yeah. Uh, and to be uh, to be fair, I cried throughout the whole last third. I was, like, a <laughs> sobbing, wrecking mess. And I, I always am when I watch this. Um, uh, it's very depressing. It's very sad. Uh, and maybe because I, like, I, yeah, as a woman watching it, it felt like, I don't need to be told this story because it almost like hits too close mm. to home. Uh, and then they die, which is great because... Uh, oh, it's it's great. It's, it's just great. great. <laughs> it's, well, it, it is great because there is no way to fix sexism. And With so, a movie, right, right, well, or just in life, it's like, great that it didn't pull the punch. Yeah, yet, but it's it not didn't pull the punch. No, it's so sad, and it's such a. It's like a. To me, it's like a very like depressing film, and also like, uh, you, you know, going through my own lens of watching it. Yeah, you know, one is. Uh, I always mix them up. Who's someone? Who's Louise? But one of them is very like naive. Uh, That's Gina Davis. Gina Thelma. Davis. Thelma. Oh, yeah. She's a what Gina you Davis doing, is Thelma? amazing. You crazy, <laughs> Thelma. You crazy, yeah, Thelma. You're being crazy. I was always crazy. 
Yeah, their performances are great. Um, but yeah, she's so naive that it's like, oh, I used to be in that naive and she gets in so much trouble for it and that's so sad and it like was like oh that was like basically me and then like susan Surrett or susan sarandon is the opposite she's so jaded that like that's sad mm-hmm. and there's no middle grade it's just to me it's a very it's a well of sadness it's well like it's, right yeah, it's an it's observation revealed. that seems true which is that yeah there's no winning there's no winning with the system currently the way right. it is. Right, which I think you either is be naive, in which puts you at risk for horrible mm-hmm. things, and maybe you get lucky and it never happens, or you don't, or you have to like shut. You have to yeah. always live in a state of not necessarily fear, but like defensive posture. Right. If you want to be fully protected, right. Right, which is like such a. Dep- it's so depressing to watch because like yeah. that's what it is. It's like you're either one or the other. You're both fucked, and in the end, you die. <laughs> Uh, but that is also what makes it brilliant. So it is great, so. and it, it is also sad. And well, at hard least to watch. it's an unflinching observation. That's what a movie should um, be if it's going to reflect society. Oh, directed right? by a dude, Ridley Scott, Ridley Scott. Which, which is surprising. Yeah, it's his surpri- second it's interesting. In my opinion, Scott. his second best direction. I the first question I wrote is, hmm. could this be Ridley Scott's best made film? I, I think, think it's it. I think it. Alien. I know the Alien. I don't okay, even alien than this. I don't alien like Alien nearly as much as Aliens, um, and I think I, I might like, like this better than Alien. I really like Thelma and Louise, mm. and I, I also noticed, um, but I will like I will tip my doff the cap that I never wear to Ridley Scott. Uh, he is there's something about dread and being hunted that brings out the best directing and filmmaking in him when because mm-hmm. th- i didn't never connected that it was ridley scott but watching it this time and knowing that when in the last third they are being hunted and things like the helicopter sneaks up on them from the canyon below yeah um the way that and it's also really weird that the score is hans zimmer i know when it's it the came dude up, who I was does like, the what? dark knight and he score, kills it and he kills yeah. it but it sounds nothing like the hans no. zimmer you're used to mm-hmm. except towards the end when he gets a little zimmery to build the young hans but uh <laughs> the when they're being hunted it is straight up like i feel as tense as i did in alien like he has yeah. he's so good at the idea that you're being hunted. Yeah, the He's good one, at those shots. The one big the one biggest thing, my biggest problem with this film that I realized on the second time around is so they have the is basically the whole like detective character. Harvey Gates. Uh, yep. Yeah. Mr. White. Because <laughs> they have him be this like kind like throughout the whole thing. He's giving them benefit of the doubt, benefit of the doubt, benefit of the doubt, where it's like, well, I I don't know why they don't talk to the police. And and that bothered me this time. All like all the way half of it and they have to they spend so much of the movie explaining why they can't go to the police that it was like because it's hard to explain because in real life there were many chances to go to right the there were so yeah. many and That's... the reason that they have that guy in just feels like this like no offense, but like male savior, like, oh, look, this guy believes you. This guy's yeah. great. They should have just had him not believe it. Yeah. And this whole thing makes so much more sense. That's why they're running. Like That's why they can't. The FBI guy was the only guy. He didn't believe them and he wanted yeah. snipers set up. That would make more sense that they wouldn't want to go yeah. in. Yeah. And it's like, then you don't have to spend um, 80% of the movie re explaining again and yeah. again. The, by why. the way, is uh, Steven Tobolowski, best known from Groundhog Day, right. Needle Nose yeah. Rat, Mad Rice. What? I love that he's like, to Harvey Keitel, he's like, you're starting to annoy me now. I'm like, you, Ned Ryerson, you're going <laughs> to accuse Harvey Keitel of being annoying? Um, couple things about that. I totally yeah. agree and see why you get that impression. And I think that's true and that's yeah. there. Uh, I think Harvey, I don't know why I have to feel compelled to throw this in to just mm-hmm. get uh, angry tweets. Harvey Cattell's always been overrated. He's just okay yeah. always. <laughs> yeah. um, but... Also, I think I see what they were trying to do, which is for better or worse. And I agree mm-hmm. with you that it's like, but this is already an undertold story. Why do you need to wedge in not all men? Right. But I, I literally think Harvey Keitel is not all men. I think there yeah. were people saying, well, this is a big oh, four quadrant exactly movie. Yeah. What are we saying? All men are fucking monster rapists. Mm-hmm. And on the one hand, I understand why as a man, you might appreciate some space being carved out. But on the mm-hmm. other hand, 
when women band together and say like, let's take back the night from rapists, you don't have to take that personally. Like you don't have to feel compelled to say not all yeah. men. That goes without saying. I don't think the majority of women think all men are always going <laughs> to the assault contrary. them. Right. Yeah. They're like hoping, <laughs> yeah. they're hoping that the world is fine. <laughs> so like, I think Harvey Keitel is a misguided attempt for them to be like, I agree. Well, we don't want dudes watching the movie thinking they should just go home and shoot themselves right. for being men. And I'm like, I see what you were going for, mm-hmm. but it's already such an undertold story. You don't need a dude savior. Yeah. You can have them just interact with bad dudes. It's right. fine. Or like, I, I understand why they would add him for male audience members like you know they wanted couples to go so it's like go with your look you know there's a detective helping and and again I think most dudes watching the movie are gonna side with the protagonist because they aren't like violently misogynistic so they I'm sure appreciate Kaito being in there the other weird thing about it though is or not weird but like did you find it impactful if you separate it from all and just treat it as a movie maneuver? Because I thought mm-hmm. it was when you, I did think it's kind of brilliant to introduce a character who is chasing them mm-hmm. and it's a blank face, stone face Harvey Keitel who says no lines. So you assume, even down to the fact that they cast Harvey Keitel, that he's going to be some like hard nosed motherfucker out to get these women. Mm-hmm. And when he finally, for the first time ever in the movie, reveals his opinion at all, it's surprising to find out that his opinion is fuck you, Brad Pitt. Do you realize you endangered these women? I'm trying to bring this to a peaceful conclusion, you motherfucker. I was actually like, just as a filmmaking thing, yeah. I was like, oh, you didn't see that coming. It's cool. It's a cool... You don't yeah. expect the FBI. You don't expect the cop. It's like watching The Fugitive. Mm, mm-hmm. if, it, if when he has the gun on Harrison Ford in the pipe and he's going to dive, if he said, I didn't do it, and he's like, I do care. Let's talk yeah. about that. You would be like, whoa, I didn't expect that right. from the cop. That's yeah. interesting. It's <laughs> really, interesting. Yeah. I had a completely different read from uh, the performance. Yeah. like <laughs> I thought his character wasn't a savior. I mean, he he's a good cop in that he wants this to not have a violent resolution. He wants fewer people to die. Right. That's all. And so <laughs> in that regard, yeah. But he's not. That's not a savior complex. I thought what he was doing was trying to talk to them, and in fact, used another technique that uh, men use against women a lot, which is the oh honey kind of thing. Right. But then, uh, so why didn't they? He talk? didn't. It makes Susan Sarandon look stupid. What? Like strategically speaking, yeah, strategically. Well, t- no, no, I don't. I think, think they truly believe that they they're gonna go. Yeah, to jail. but he's there. Well, yeah, but they're they gonna go to at, jail. Can we all agree that they're super bad at crime all throughout? Yeah, they're new both at crime. of them. Yeah. Why does Susan Sarandon give her her money to hold on to? Why didn't she hide it herself in her own yeah. room right. somewhere? Right. They're really bad at crime, and I think that's forgivable because. These are not people who went out to do a crime spree. No. They're like improvising crime. Right. But nevertheless, like there's never any question. And I think that helps build the sense of dread. You, you don't think they're going to get away with it. Even if you've never seen the movie before, mm-hmm. you're like, the cops are all over this from the beginning. Like yeah. they have this in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I want to <sighs> read something. And then Michael Madsen has that romantic scene that really works for me and then he does rap like after the fact yeah, sad. yeah he's go ahead go ahead shit. uh <laughs> i i found two uh quotes from film critics because i wanted to ask a question which is is this movie in your opinion like a critique uh like of a society's critique of uh feminism and uh, gender roles in society or is it hollywood like dipping its feet into like the idea of women's roles and just doing fan service to the concept because, um, and just in a, a like follow up question mm-hmm. is, uh, that good or bad for society? Mm-hmm. The two quotes that I want to read are at the time they came out, these are what critics said. So one of them is Los Angeles times, uh, Sheila Benson, uh, says was arguing that, uh, objects to the characterization of the film as feminist, arguing that it's more preoccupied with revenge and violence than feminist values. And on the counterpoint, uh, New York Post film critic Kyle Smith says uh, that he describes the film as a, quote, misogynistic tale about unbelie- uh, unbelievably ditzy women who lose what remains of their reason under pressure and suffer the ultimate punishment. I do Ooh. think just, that guy is sitting there thinking, 
if I was in this situation, I'd do the crimes way better. I'd be way good right, at the crimes. Right, right. Like that, fuck that yeah. guy. So that, was, that was the response. That's not the point of the movie. That was yeah. the response at the time uh-huh. of this movie is people saying, everyone immediately going like, yeah, this movie is about like feminism. Let's stand behind this, which is, I think, Hollywood taking advantage of that. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's written by Callie Curry, who mm-hmm. uh, also... Uh, she almost directed for a while and yeah. then she when it came to it she uh, backed down from the project and uh, 40 directors were considered for this before Ridley Scott yeah, yeah. and almost none of them women but um, but yeah Wait, she wrote what did Kelly she, Curry do later? she then later did uh, directed and wrote uh, uh, Yaya Sisterhood yeah which mm. we've covered uh, so she writes mm. a lot of movies like this this script had been around for like Decades. In fact, uh, it was like in the 70s or something. A few, it feels like a 70s movie. Yeah. I've seen so, like, uh, yeah, there's like a lot of like rape revenge right. like, movies made in the 70s. And it feels like, I think it, I think it's a good faith attempt to do a look at gender roles. I, I do think that. I don't think it's like trying to take advantage of anything. And I don't think Ridley Scott went in being like, oh, yeah, like this would make me look like a feminist. Like, I think it's a really great attempt. And mm-hmm. I do like love this movie. Like I said, like I, it makes me cry every single time. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I understand. Uh, what this so, Kyle Smith, or uh, yeah, yeah, this Kyle I Smith kind guy. of, not that I don't think they're ditzy. I, you know, I, I think they. Ditzy's a total mischaracterization. Yeah, I, think I don't a, think But that. you guys mentioned about how they're bad at crime. And I don't that, think it's bad at crime. I think it's weird that he took from that. They must be stupid. I got, I totally got the read that this is a more grounded, realistic crime film than you're used to. Unlike mm. most movies where you throw a normal person into a crime spree and suddenly <laughs> they perfectly logically think ahead. These women act like a character, like a real person. Like you do the best thing you think of at the time. Later you realize you could have done better, but you just keep moving forward. They acted very believably to me. Like the crime spree actually seemed very realistic mm. in that way. The only thing that didn't seem realistic to me was the cops. And every time we like, Brad cut Pitt's back to kind them. of magical. Not Brad Pitt. Oh, I loved Brad Pitt. I love everyone loves Brad Pitt in this movie. That was like no, oh, no, no. I know you're not oh saying that, but I'm yeah. saying that I think Brad Pitt reads as kind of magical, and I do mm, want to right. figure mm-hmm. out. So I think Brad Pitt actually. So the fact that he gives her her first like real meaningful orgasm she's ever had, mm-hmm. which I do think is a very feminist thing for a movie from this era to have discussed. Yeah. That like, yeah, that dude was not fucking his wife right. Uh-huh. And it is life-changing for her to have had like good sex with mm-hmm. Brad Pitt, like of all, I mean, especially Brad Pitt. So, but then he robs them, right? So yeah. he's not like a great dude. And that is the worst of crime moment, I think, is she says, he goes, I'm a robber. This is how I rob people. He teaches her how he robs people. Right. And he goes, she goes, okay, I'm going to step out of the room with the money on the nightstand. Yeah. Bye, Bye Rob. Robber. <laughs> but. I love when she robs later yes. and does his speech. That it's is great. so yeah. great. It's satisfying. All the yeah. acting is so good. Even her shit heel husband she leaves behind. Doesn't he fucking acts the shit yeah. out of that role? What? <laughs> Well, she's on the run, sir. What? What? <laughs> but, uh, Christopher McDonald. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's a that guy to you me. Shoot him uh, he's always mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um, but I just want, I feel like the reason that there's room for people to argue that it could be misogynist or maybe it's not or maybe it's not is there are conf- there are scenes that have real nuance. I actually think it's realistic right. more than it. Yeah. So, for example, Susan Sarandon at first does the thing that if if this was like a cookie cutter feminist treatise, a woman would not do to another woman, which is blame her for being raped. Right. Yeah, but, but re- it's realistic. I was like, that but has happened only, in relationships right. before. And if you were, friends. I would say if you're making like a feminist like textbook, mm-hmm. a woman would not do that to another woman. But if you're making a realistic thing, mm-hmm. yeah, she might because she's thinking about the murder that's on yeah. her hands. And <clears> then a second later, she might go, Oh my God, I can't believe I said that. Wow. Even women are conditioned by society to blame the woman sometimes. And by doing that, I think it gets at a more realistic, grounded, I think it is a good faith attempt. And Mm -hmm. because it's made by a man, there are going to be like 
I think sex really that's encoded just what subconsciously. it is. Yeah. Um, but I really think it's like a really realistic, nuanced attempt to figure out mm. what would really happen. Yeah. And there's even stuff that confuses me. My mom's a rape victim. We ended up having like a meaningful talk about like, why did she want to have sex with a stranger right after having almost been raped? Mm, That's mm-hmm. weird to me because I'm a man and I can't <laughs> wrap my head around what it would feel like. And she tried to like communicate that to me. Mm-hmm. So I do think it's, uh, yeah, I think yeah. it's a good faith attempt. And I think the second thing is Just that honest, it's yeah. also a genuine attempt to m- simply make a Buddy Road movie that really works. Yeah. And it succeeds on that level. Absolutely. Yeah. I think their relationship and the the way it's like written, the way it's acted is like so real. That's why I cry every time. Like I, you know, like have a Thelma to my Louise. I have like a best friend that I like held in the hospital when she was born. Um, And she always fucking your shit up. Ruining your life. Shit up. (laughs) Always. God. Always leaving our bags of money everywhere where Brad Pitt can take it. Uh, <laughs> I have to say, Maggie is dressed like all you'd have to do is pull your beanie down over your face and you'd be ready to rob a convenience store. Yeah, I do. Oh, and you'd look like Brad Pitt. Yeah, oh, you thank look, you, thank you, you. You really do look like oh Brad Pitt. Uh, please oh. put a shirt oh. on. <laughs> uh, there, there is a lot of uh, real expert filmmaking uh, in this movie. Uh, that I didn't know. I, this is my first time watching it. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know I knew the all the ending? bits. Okay. You know yeah, I knew the endings because it's like such a important movie that it's yeah. just like, so what's Jurassic Park about? You know, it's like you if know. you hadn't, yeah. you know. Uh, and so I cry? knew most of it. Did I, you cry? I don't cry a lot Did during you, movies. Uh, Abe? Did, Did you, you cry? cry? Oh, I was bawling. Somebody I was like heaving. I bawled I was heaving. in the final scene. Yeah. I didn't cry. I definitely was like, oh, this fucking good. This is a good movie. The, uh, and how good is a movie that knows when to fucking end? Fade to white yeah. fucking credits. Yeah. Now. Yep. So good. It's like, that reminded me of Whiplash a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No? Just like ending while you're on top. Just like, and that was that moment and you don't need to know. Yeah. You don't need you to don't wrap need shit it. up. You saw yeah. it. At all. That's not what the movie's yeah. about. Uh, so there's some like real, this, this film took me to school, man. Like this, <laughs> this uh, film, Ridley Scott is, he made, I wanted to. I want to watch like Gladiator or something that's more recent. Oh, by him, that's also really, really good. And I because like Forgot that there's one. so many hidden little things in this movie that he's I fairly go, like, transparent. I go, holy yeah. shit! Like that is so. One of them is how mirrors work in this world. There's like three beats of mirrors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first notable one is um, just crafts a great moment, which is after the murder, uh, Susan Sarandon goes into the bathroom and she sees a little spot of blood Mm -hmm. and she cleans it up. scrubs it more than she needs to. Like, that's a great acting moment. Like, ah, get the blood fucking off me. There are so many beautiful gems like that. Gina Davis just watching her on screen is so fascinating because she's like, she's very guarded in a way, just mm-hmm. like as a human, but also like as an actor mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and watching her like dip in and out of when she's guarded and like when she's not is just like mesmerizing. And then nailing the buddy comedy thing. Like it's almost like the hangover where it's like, they are both so specific yeah. and cool yeah. characters. I wrote down and was yeah. like, what do we do with the gun? She's like, I don't know, put it in my purse. And we're yeah, like, yeah. what? So I thought that that was Yeah, that finish was good... the mirror's oh, yeah, thought. Yeah. Well, there, uh, there's a second beat uh, mm-hmm. with the mirror where uh, uh, Luis, there, it's when she uh, Thelma is robbing the market Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that she realizes now that they're like, they haven't been like, they haven't. They're not dressed up. Oh, they're I know like, exactly. The yeah. transition is starting to really take hold, where they're yeah. now renegades, essentially. Right. And uh, they have that fucking convertible. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Thunderbird. And they're like arguing, and I can't remember why, but it felt motivated for. She looks over to a diner where the car is parked right next to, and sees an old woman. Two old women. Two old women. And they're giving This is my favorite shot. They are Thelma and Louise. Yeah. That's the we're all woman baby moment. I don't think so. But those women are like trapped behind her. And they were judging her. They're judging her because she goes to the mirror, Susan Sarandon goes to the mirror and is going to put lipstick on and then basically goes, fuck it. Mm -hmm. Right. So she's like, I don't care how you look at me and how I appear. 
I'm doing this thing. Oh, but I'm, I also think, oh, I didn't read Judgment. I thought it was total sisterhood. I thought it was no, like... No, it's straight up definitely it's Judgment. Right and then right after that is when the cops run out. So yep. implying that maybe those old okay. women told the yeah. cops. But I also think visually there's some symbolic work going on about how these yeah. old women are... Ha- their life is equally sad they're like hothouse flowers yeah 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 yes. that's exactly and they're right they're already mm-hmm. old that's why and they're bitter at you're sympathetic I mean, right. with Luis yeah. there because mm-hmm. you're like that's why she doesn't care because they're from a generation and a time where they're like women do this and it's weird Just stay over there and it's yeah. like why are you throwing shade at me all of a sudden old people yeah you know like, like we're the same how can you yeah. look at me like but right. it was the same it's the way that like mother-daughter relationships work right I, like a lot of them are super fucked up because it's a very <laughs> similar, like they've been placed in such a box and they see their daughters right. do things that they could never do. And it's just like resentment. And builds and builds and they builds. equated that with like, well, you're not acting like a proper lady. You're right. not fulfilling the role. Yeah. yeah. Cause I wasn't allowed to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a great moment. I also love, uh, shortly after that, she trades all her jewelry for a cowboy hat. Right. So, mm-hmm. and then later she takes that douchebag truckers hat so by the end, yeah, they're both like it's clearly they're clearly cowboys. <laughs> and by the end, they've stolen hats, which are the ultimate cowboy trophies from men, and are mm. like, "This is me now. <laughs> this yeah. is my hat." And then uh, <laughs> uh, the only thing I wanted to say last, just because I think that the metaphor of Thelma or Louise looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a few other beats with it, like when Thelma first sees Brad Pitt, it's uh, she, a mirror reveal. Yeah. Right. You don't look through the mirror, but she you can see Brad Pitt, which is a great shot. Uh, you can see his body back uh, behind the car. She's not looking in his direction. She looks in the mirror and then like taps her hand on the door yeah. of mm-hmm. the car. And uh, that like kind of gives him like, oh, okay, I can come and and like talk to you now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just that that was a cool little thing, but that doesn't really go with the theory. The only last piece of the theory is that in the final, like not the final chase where they die, but the one previous to it where they're driving through, like they almost get away. It's before the mm-hmm. helicopter and they're mm-hmm. just, all these cops are after him. Uh, they hit like four cars during that. Yeah, knock all the four side mirrors. Side mirrors yeah. are knocked off. Yeah, so it's like this movie fucking hates mirrors because yeah. what they re- represent to he women. Hates those yeah, guys. I thought that, that was yeah. that's yeah. fucking yeah. cool. Yeah, that's a really because it's yeah. like this internal struggle, then it's an external struggle, mm-hmm. and then it's like you know what, fuck this mirror. Yeah, and uh, I thought that was really good. Plus, just real basic. Uh, directing Basically, stuff. like the first shot going from black and white to color is like, oh, they're escaping yeah. out to a new vibrant mm-hmm. reality. Sure, yeah, yeah. There's stuff all throughout that just all, makes all throughout. A lot of sense. I mean, uh, yeah. if you really want to be taken to school, because this is what I actually did, is after I watched it, I started watching select scenes again uh, because mm-hmm. I wanted to count about how many times does the movie. And we've lost this entirely in cinema. We just don't care about it anymore. It's called the basic sequence is what we do now. And it's like if there's a shot between you and me, Maggie, Mm -hmm. there'd be a two shot or a wider shot and then a shot of you and then a shot of me. Usually over the shoulder or, you know, looking kind of at each other. Mm -hmm. And you can get most things on film <laughs> most scenes with that except yeah. for like you know martial arts scenes and action movies and stuff this movie is just a talking movie for the most part except for the car chases mm-hmm. so that's in its own thing which as you alluded to mike he's also very good at um but the basic he just never does the basic sequence in this movie he just it's played entirely on a two shot mm-hmm. the whole time or there's choreography uh, so that her shot is now her shot, and they just make it interesting because they knew they had. They were like, "What's fifty percent of this movie? Two women sitting in a car talking." Right. Uh, how do you make that visually interesting? And that's when Ridley Scott was like, "I'll, I'll get step him, in. I'll, I can do get this." Him drunk. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> get him drunk. I will say the movie is like an they ad. Really do drink it's an ad yeah. for drinking and driving. Well, it makes it look specifically. <laughs> it makes it look really easy and fun, and like no one will get hurt. It's fine. Right. Just drive drunk. Just drive drunk. Um, yeah, and they take the time to do the moments I think you got to do in a story like this, like where they stop and see the dawn, desert dawn and like... Ah, oh, that's so beautiful. I also think... So, have I know Abe has. Have you mm. ever taken acid overnight in the desert? Like, have you ever been coming down from an acid trip at dawn in the desert? No. Okay. It's on my to-do list. <laughs> it's, we'll do that after, right after this. Yeah. Um, Great. 
but it really felt exactly like that feeling. And I bet mm-hmm. some listeners will know what I mean, where uh, when she says great lines, I'm wide awake. I feel so awake. Yeah. I've never been so awake where it's uh, I, I really think the acting captures the feeling of it doesn't only feel good. Like it doesn't only feel like they did it. They broke out no, of the cage. Yeah. They are also like drug addled, sleep deprived and deluding themselves. Like you right. experience the dread where they're like, I guess we're going to die now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like there's this weird manic energy to it. And I mm-hmm. just think the whole third act of the movie, because after an acid trip, because acid won't let you sleep. If you take it at night and stay up all night and see mm-hmm. the dawn, seeing dawn blows your mind but also your body is like shaking and like empty inside like it needs mm-hmm. food and mm-hmm. rest and shit and i got that same like raw feeling from the yeah episode. they're yeah. impeccable shots and stuff like yeah. it's like one of those like oh, warrior Su- mythos where Susan it's like sarandon is a great shot crack all shot oh yeah. my god and i, I also wanted to, that scene might be my favorite i also mm. want they chose for the car that he drives, the truck that he drives, just a big penis. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a huge metal rod. Uh, and it just blows. Yeah, they just blow sun. it up. Do a, uh, like, fucking. No, they blow it up. It's that not is the so kind great. of movie where you expected a giant no. explosion and they still got one in. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, and it's more effective because of how, like, real it's been. And that's, like, yeah. kind of after the, like, double sex, or, yeah, like, the double sex scene, which I, that, I think that's my favorite. The like, comparison see, is neat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The comparison, and it just feels, like, so, like, real. Like, I've been in those conversations with people that I love on right. both sides. And, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I love how. It seems like it's showcasing uh, Jimmy and Susan reconnect in exactly the way that like a long-term yeah. relationship would. And sh- meanwhile, Gina Davis is having <laughs> exactly a textbook one-night stand. Yeah. And it's like showing how, yeah, lovemaking can be at least yeah. these two different things. I think this is really... It compares... Uh, sorry, I just want to compare no, 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 it real quick, too. <laughs> the only other time I usually, now that I'm an adult and like... When I was a kid and sex was a mystery, obviously sex scenes have an appeal. Mm-hmm. Now, graphic sex scenes, I usually find boring because I could have Me sex too. or watch sex if yeah. I need to. So, like, I want, I'm like, this better mean something. And when it's just Jon Snow having sex with, like, mm. that lady in the cave, I'm like, that was a waste of my goddamn time. Um, there's very few movies that pass that test for me. This one and History of Violence. Oh, History of Violence. History of Violence. Oh, Best that, use that of sex Woo! scenes. To give like insight into the character situation right. through sex, mm. so interesting. I'm gonna throw a third one on there, Desperado. What? No, the no, Spurs. No. You're yeah, talking just, the Spurs yeah, going yeah. over the titties. It's like right? the most over the top uh. like sex scene ever because mm. you have these really American handsome. Summer has a decent sex scene. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, I didn't want to because I think this is a very valuable point, and I want to keep talking about it. But I did want to. Uh, I laughed when I researched this. Uh, so Ridley Scott was going to use a body double for Gina Davis. Mm. And there mm-hmm. were and two things. One, the the process for auditions was really interesting in this movie, which I always got to give credit to a, a director who uses like an interesting uh, approach stylistically to something like this. And in this one it was they had all four main like male roles except mm-hmm. for Harvey Keitel, but like the the boyfriends or the the husbands Michael Madsen and Brad JD Pitt. yeah they all had them and and Harland the guy yeah. who's actually the the rapist, mer- the rapist. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh they had them read all of the roles Ooh. which is great because they're all like unique assholes yeah but they're all very misogynist. specific yeah mm-hmm. and uh, so I thought that that was pretty interesting uh, but how upset would you be if you did all the roles, went through the audition process, and they you gave you can. Harlan, <laughs> yeah. because it's that means you're the most. It's you're the uh, we've thoroughly determined you're the most naturally mm, hateable, most and you'll get the smallest part, <laughs> and it'll be a part actors you will not be proud to show yeah. your friends and family. Uh, actors have to think <laughs> because they, they yeah, it's yeah. especially when actors get typecast, they think okay, I guess I'm just the guy. It's blank. You know? <laughs> it's in yeah, uh, Gary Oldman. If you if you don't count the Batman movies, it's like he must go around thinking. Do people just look at me? And, do I just radiate evil? Why do people what? think I'm a bastard? Yeah, like, I, why? I, I, What's yeah. wrong with my face? Uh, but <laughs> when uh, Gina Davis saw uh, the audition tape for Brad Pitt, <laughs> oh, no. she was like... She had her first orgasm. Oh, she was like, I don't she need was a body like, double. That's him. 
and I don't need a body double. <laughs> oh, snap. Yeah. Yeah. That mean, is a true like, story. C- can you not feel it? Like the kinetic oh, energy yeah. between those screen. two actors. Really oh, oh, yeah. My if they were both God. single at the time, I don't know all the details. Yeah, I don't know the details. I mean, but it just jumps off screen. I love when that happens because it's such like magic. It's yeah. pure like casting, directing, and just like body chemistry. Mm-hmm. And it, you can and just was feel this, it. How early is this in Brad Pitt's fame? Is he unknown? This is his breakout role. So so it is great. It was a real mm-hmm. moment. It's not like her noting another actor. It's right. her being like that random that dude. There's a he's that dude. Pretty hot. <laughs> There's an American And she wasn't wrong. All yeah. of society there, came to agree. There's an American uh French movie called uh called Le Betty, Brad Pitt. Betty Blue, I think it is, and it's uh they shot the movie and it's a love story mm-hmm. and the two actors fell in love during the movie. Aww. And they went back and reshot like Whoa. most oh, of the act they, <gasps> The love oh, scenes because, would be and way better. They just wow. straight up, and they were just like, so here's, they're yeah. just like, we're Damn. just gonna fuck on right now. Oh, like that's wow. what we're gonna do. Again, Whoa. I'm like, so like Brown Bunny, where he gets a blowjob on right. screen, it's real. I'm like, it 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 strikes me as artistically hollow and just a waste of well, time. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. I think the idea of people really being in love would bring something to the performance. Having them really fuck is <laughs> just that thing where you're like, I like, oh. I like getting attention for pushing the envelope. Uh, it was you know? the '60s, man. Yeah, yeah. Easy Rider. Yeah. Let's but direct while dropping acid. Yeah. But then you get shit like, uh, what's that Brandon movie? Last Tango in Paris, where right. that woman was, is. You're essentially mm. watching a real rape. Yep. Yep. Like that's you shouldn't watch that movie. No, I don't. <laughs> I, uh, I, I shit never, like that shouldn't be allowed to happen. Yeah. I do not believe that directors should be tyrants, and I think no, it should be yeah. an open mm. dialogue. The whole way Definitely. i like to think mm. that that's how my actors think of me <laughs> but it, oh yes they do certainly uh, You're no <laughs> but it's nice to encounter a case where in real life it wasn't like awkward uncomfortable or wondering like is right. this okay right. it was like he's hot yeah. i'm fine <laughs> pretending to fuck him and he's probably like she is too this yeah. is gonna be fun hey we're getting paid everyone's just gonna have a good time and then i'm gonna have a huge <laughs> career yeah Ooh. man that worked out for Gina Davis Damn. fucking I wonder if she ever calls him at night and it's like, like hey, I made buddy. you, bitch. I made you. <laughs> if I didn't Pits. if I didn't yeah. like those abs, you wouldn't have nearly the yeah. career you have. That was the same with You're uh, nothing, bitch. <laughs> Amanda Bynes and um Channing Tatum. Uh it just came out that she was the one who for She's the Man, which is his breakout role, she had only done a Mountain Dew commercial. She was like that is him and women are going to love him. And she was right. And yeah. she wow. picked she him out of nothing. Is yummy. Uh, <laughs> he is yummy. He is Chan- yummy indeed. When you see Channing Tatum's butt in This is the End, mm. uh, that's when I feel that I have like a place on the sexual spectrum. That it's Ooh. clearly like, like that <laughs> look is, at that butt. That that's, a good, that's a good butt. Yeah. <laughs> that's a real good butt. Yeah. Yeah. And he has that Brad Pitt vibe, which I think is why they cast Brad Pitt in this mm-hmm. partly too, is where, and no one should judge people at face value or put themselves in dangerous circumstances. Because you can't control your face. No, 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 because <laughs> you can be charming and be a fucking animal monster. Um, right. But I, Brad Pitt was clearly cast as a contrast to Harlem, where right. it's like, he radiates this kind of Chris Pratty charm mm-hmm. Channing Tatum charm where it doesn't seem like he's he very assaulted him, right. which yeah. is a low compliment for Brad Pitt <laughs> he looks like he wouldn't assault you yeah America's mm-hmm. sexiest <laughs> man alive um and I do thought I think it's very clear that their sex scene is played for contrast mm-hmm. like his style yes. of lovemaking yeah is all around physical consent right they make a big point of like he leans in to kiss part way Waits for her to lean in. He leans in a little more, and then she finishes. Where you're like, okay, all right, yeah, this, it's different than Harlan. I mean, <laughs> this is obvious shit, but the the movie's so it never takes its eye off the ball. Mm-hmm. Like the symbolism is not sophisticated, but it's very tight. It's mm-hmm. well very laid out. Tight. Yeah. It's straightforward, and like it goes down smooth. Like I find yeah. it an engaging movie too. You want to hear something that's uh, so? This is '91, and just because we have a Coen Brothers podcast, also. Uh, I read this uh, when Callie Curry was writing this. She f- usually writers when they're writing a screenplay have in their head what the character looks like. Usually use an actor or something like that or a performance that you liked. Um, sometimes that's a technique. I always imagine Weird Al and all yeah, the roles. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the ones for Thelma and Louise. Uh, Holly Hunter and Francis McDormand. Whoa! Oh, is who Callie Curry had in mind? Yeah. 
I see that. Uh, so, so I want that remake. I, that I want that's really good. Yeah. I mean, Sarandon, Ooh. Davis, oh. you're, yeah, you're yeah, yeah, you yeah. fucking killed it. Have you guys seen but The Long also. Kiss Goodnight? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Gina Davis is such a fucking legit action star. She's you should see love, the long kiss goodnight. Yeah. Yeah. Gina Davis as a like a CIA operative with amnesia. Yeah. And Samuel Jackson comes and activates her and she has to go on a mission. Whoa. It's fucking awesome. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> uh-huh. League of Their Own is all she kills it. I that as well. That. We gotta, we'll have oh, to cover yeah. that on that's this show. Great. So that is a great movie. And it's a baseball movie, which yeah. is even better. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why I haven't seen it. That's why you haven't it. seen yeah. it, because it's baseball. Sports at all. It's yeah. a good it's um, it's good. It's Tom Hanks. The only thing I like about playing sports sports is playing sport like i enjoy mm-hmm. physically doing it mm-hmm. uh, it's boring to watch and it's boring to watch movies about it as well in yeah. my opinion but uh you know, other than Moneyball, weird stealth other than Moneyball, i hate aaron sorkin and i hate weird. baseball how did that work huh. i don't know brad pitt that's brad the answer brad pitt. <laughs> no gina davis though yeah uh shit what was i gonna say francis mcdormand and holly hunter would yep. kill this uh yeah, i think that's wow. a shout out to just like raising arizona's influence yes. uh because this is also post spielberg like so after 1977 which is when jaws was made mm-hmm. they completely fucked up the industry right uh they talk about on the 80s you had the death of like you had the the rising of a different type of picture which was uh the blockbuster which mm-hmm. cost so much money that they took all the money from other types of movies so you had like these middling to moderate level things like sh- movies like Raising Arizona or Thelma and Louise which I think was like 16 million or something like that mm-hmm. um, or maybe higher than that uh, but you have this creation of this like middle tier like the middle class of movies mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't know what to do with those movies because they're hard to brand yeah. them and stuff right. like that. So they all decided, let's just try to be Oscar bait. Now, here's the thing with this movie. It didn't win. Uh, it lost to, and he, uh, it lost in multiple categories yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Let me pull it up. And yet, it kind I always of, have to and shimmy it's for in. for one reason. Who care? Fuck the Oscars. The taste <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck the Oscars, but just in terms of like, I'm if sure you your do story well is Oscars, interesting, but I'm saying you right. get jobs yeah. and careers are made at the Yes, right. of course, of course. But um, yeah, they're both nominated, which has only happened four times before where it's like both best actress, same movie right. kind of thing. Because right. obviously that's what this movie is. Uh, it lost to Jodie Foster, uh, or they lost to Jodie Foster because 1991 Wait, was, that? was Silence the of the Lambs. Lambs. Oh. And Silence yeah. of the Lambs. I was like, for fucking Friday the 13th or whatever, <laughs> what's the one she's oh. in? <laughs> and uh, Ridley Scott was Halloween. nominated for Best Director, but lost to Jonathan uh. Demme, also from Silence of the <laughs> Lambs. That's yeah. funny. And uh, Callie Curry. Uh, tried to get the best original screenplay yeah. Oscar, but no, lost to Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I find that movie kind of overrated, personally. Silence of the Lambs. I was I, surprised when I first saw I've it because I was it like, "Oh, lots of times," huh. and I'm always bored except when Anthony Hopkins is talking. Mm. <laughs> I think it's a, yeah, I think I it's like, a really good movie. I, think it's I good. know most people do. I, I, I was definitely not blown away. I did by not it feel intense dread, or like when I found out. Yeah, when I found out that in the in the pantheon of film history, it mm-hmm. swept the Oscars that year. Yeah, I didn't. I was I, like, oh, I was that's yeah. surprising. Right. I thought that would be Shawshank or something. They're like, no, actually, that was widely overlooked. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, fuck the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck <laughs> the Oscars. <laughs> I like a, it. Jodie Foster f- rocks. I see why she won. That's yeah, a yeah. Rate of film. I mean, not to say that and this wasn't just, a great performance. Yeah. But so sheer badassness. It. I also want to compare it to. Mm. Have you ever seen Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you similar. what do you think about it? Oh, it's been so long since I've seen it. Okay, but, uh, definitely similar endings. I just watched it for the first time recently, and I don't think it holds up through f- new eyes. It's very mm. structurally wow. loose and lazy. Uh, like to me, it doesn't hold a candle to Thelma and Louise, and it's trying to do the same thing. Like yeah. it's uh-huh. introducing these buddies, and it's like nothing particular will happen. Because what's funny is. In Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, there's no real symbolism other than the classic symbolism of the Wild West gets destroyed by law right. encroaching. But that's, it's harder to sympathize with that than like, uh, I, I, yeah. got, <laughs> I got raped, but I can't go to the cops because they won't believe me because it's a man's world. You're like, yeah, that is really heavy, real shit mm-hmm. we need to deal with. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is the classic like, nah, let's, they're cool because they're outlaws. Let's just see them do cool stuff. <sighs> yeah. At the end, they're forced to jump off a cliff. 
mm-hmm. and you're like, that was cool. And it's just so similar <laughs> to Thelma and Louise mm-hmm. that I had it in my mind when watching Thelma and Louise. Mm. And in like a fighting game, right? Like Thelma and Louise would fucking destroy Butch Cassidy and the yeah. Sundance Kid. Right. Like, and in terms of the impact that when their car goes off the Grand Canyon lip. I uh, was sitting typing notes with like blank robot movie mm-hmm. watching face. When that shot happens, I just went <laughs> and like uh, started bawling. Yeah. When I watched Butch Cassidy and Sundance <laughs> Kid, they jump off the cliff and I go, hmm, mm. interesting. I can see why that was <laughs> oh. like a fresh choice at the time. Right. You usually didn't kill your hero in that era of film. I, I don't know what it meant. Mm. Well, that's done. Like Thelma anyway, Louise blows yeah. it out of the water. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> this time I started crying right after Gina Davis has where she talked to their best friend. And it was like, oh, like I had like the orgasm. And I like, yeah. I think a lot of women have that memory of like, oh, this is when I know what sex is. Like I've right. had sex, but this is when I <laughs> understood it. In yeah. The, Ooh. Uh, and that's somebody's what, had sex. with Brad Pitt. <laughs> oh, oh, I assume you were saying all women, all women are visited by Brad Pitt at some point. Yes, yeah. and are taught <laughs> like tooth fairy. sex. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but that is when I started bawling because that's such like right, a, right. like, like just a defining moment yeah. and knowing what comes in the end i that's when i started crying and then throughout yeah. the rest of the film it right. had such like uh everything had a heavy weight to it because like i know what happened so like and they're happy like even when they're like looking at the sky and like they've kind of settled into this like no let's just like enjoy this for what it is right. yeah. we know we're not gonna make it but Gina says I wouldn't go back anyway at yeah. a certain point like mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a robber now yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like really I'm awake yeah. that like that sentiment is so like ah uh, just like pure tragedy and it's like purest yeah. form yeah because mm-hmm. they have no. Their options are severely limited by the misogynistic yeah. system. So to keep their dignity, they just have to wild out. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah like this is it's great. This is it. Whereas it's interesting when I compare it to like other idols, like duos that are idolized in the mm-hmm. same way, like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. It's like they chose to do <laughs> crimes because they felt like it. Yeah. It's it's less compelling. I just I really like Thelma and Louise yeah. as characters. I think they need a pop culture resurgence. Like Ooh. I never see anyone with a fucking Thelma and Louise tattoo well, or anything. That's where <laughs> I I like for me, my like when I was first watching it, I had heard of it as like a like a like a like a there like is implied love between the two characters as a queer film. Oh uh, I didn't think about that I was, per se, but yeah, I did I, I did yeah. make a note of like also how much more it's interesting how you can do more with women in these roles than mm-hmm. if when they when Susan Strain had actually like kisses her on the yeah. mouth. I didn't I just thought she was doing it as a friend, but at the same time, if Bradley Cooper did that to Zach Galifianakis, it would not make you like cry. Right. But she says like you're like, we're going to die together now. That's what good friends we are. I have to kiss you. Mm-hmm. We do live in a society right now where that's, that's something two women can do and it makes me like cry. Yeah. And if two dudes try to do it, it would be harder. There would have to be more setup right. to like build to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but please, I didn't know even that they that yeah. was a like, conspiracy theory. I mean, the kiss was talked about a lot in 91 because it was, was 1991. Because to mm-hmm. me, it seems just like well, you kiss your girlfriend or whatever. Right. Well, yeah. that is true. And that's like, that's a very real part of it. I think when it was being made, that was the intent. It's like that, just like that female love yeah. friendship. That's like so strong that it feels like romantic love. Um, but no, yeah, there, there's like a very queer reading of it where it's like those two are together. Yeah. They have like blown off the men in their life, either killing them or, you know, ditching breaking out. up with them, yeah. ditching out. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of like dressing, undressing and, and the whole like David Lean, he would do every time a man was dressing himself. It was implied that they had had sex. Because right. you couldn't put that in films back then. Um, oh, and there's, so yeah. there's like a it's little the brown bag of sex. Yeah. Right. Um, and there's def- there's a little bit of that. Uh, but like I said, when I was watching it, you know, none of that resonated with me. Um, but yeah, but, that's oh, like a. If, but also, art is great in that way. You can get what you get out of it. Right, like right. Like if queer exactly. people are out there feeling inspired by Thelma and Louise, mm-hmm. please, by all means. Yeah. Um, 
Yes, but I didn't read that per se. Right, and and <laughs> and I I didn't really see it anywhere, but I could I definitely see that reading, and I think it has value. And mm. th- that kiss in the end is like, I it mean, it's me what is the difference between that and love? There, there right. isn't yeah. Yeah. really a difference. I yeah, because I wouldn't say that I necessarily prefer the the, the right. that reading yeah. of it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a wonderful tender moment between yeah. two people who do love each yeah. other, mm-hmm. uh, whether or not that's actual romantic love. But right. if you are yeah. not really relevant, you're underserved by movies. So I could see why you might, might be looking for right. an angle to and feel that it represents I think sure. you. Know? Most of it, like yeah. uh, the whole, like, you know, Thelma and Louise and the, the aesthetic, but it's I think like that's shipping. why it's exciting. It's like fanfic, yeah, right? Yeah. It's shipping. Like, it's fanfic. Of. But also it's like, uh, I think like, yeah, in that way, it's, it's like being embraced as yeah. like a, yeah, like Thelma and Louise. That fucking dope as shit. I, just so it's not all a love fest, I, there was one thing oh. that really bothers me. Oh. has to be mentioned. Uh-huh. There is exactly one black person uh, in the film. Yeah. Smoking He is introduced weed. smoking a giant blunt with yeah. oh. waist-length dreadlocks blasting yeah. Bob Marley. Yeah. I understand you might be that person listening to this right now. All those things are great to do. I love smoking blunts. But when fucking British ass Ridley Scott has a movie that takes place in like New Mexico mm-hmm. and he casts one black dude and he's like, give him a blunt. Yeah. Let's blast some Bob Marley. What, what? I'm just like, all right, with the stereotypes right. a little bit here. Like, ease off. Yeah. It was really funny that he just blows the smoke. And that's what's, it detracts from an amazing bit. Yeah. And I get why it was, it was supposed to be a solidarity thing, I think. Yeah. Because it's like, who else gets harassed by the cops? Fucking black people. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think the movie had done enough work to support just having that shown by one instance where Mm -hmm. they're like, we want people to get the symbolism, so we better make him quote unquote really black. Yeah, like, people better stereo- get it. They better yeah. know he represents black people. Yeah. It is the definition of co-opting uh-huh. the message, yes. but yeah, still satisfying. Still satisfying. Still satisfying. Have the cops say, "Please let me out of the trunk," yeah. and you just hotbox the trunk and leave. The, yeah. uh, the thing that I saw that I was like took me out of it was actually earlier, but the same cop sequence uh, where when the cop like saunters up to like he's wearing like non he's also got like a fucking oh. hard body dude yeah. he's I hot as fuck right. like he's super sexy and, and yeah. like, it was a, like it's not like cop, like it's a functional belt it was like it's he looked like a stripper gram he looks like he was wearing a sexy cop halloween costume right yeah. exactly and it's yeah. like angled in a way where mm-hmm. he's gonna like yeah, I don't know why. And that guy has blown up. He's on. He's the lead in like NCIS or something. Oh, really? Like That's that. him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jason Beggy. B G H E. Oh, okay, that makes yeah. sense. The weird thing about that scene is, uh, and I like wonder if this was the intention. He like he is another one of those guys that kind of has that douchebag vibe. And when he asked her to go sit in the cop car, I was like, she's gonna be raped. Because that's what cops do. They ask oh. you to go in their cars. You're not supposed to do that. He's like, by because... the way, I also drive for Uber. You right. get the right. fuck right. out of there. Right, exactly. <laughs> like every woman knows you don't sit in the cop car because there's anything no reason could happen. to ask them to put. Right, there's, there's no, no reason, reason. Other than handcuffing you and putting yeah. you on the back yeah. of the cop right. car. Right, they right. arrest so it, you. Uh, I was like that, but then that ended up not happening. But he does give her a look that I was again was like he's gonna rape her. He the gives costume, her this. Like, maybe they were trying to just generate that. Drag. Yeah, yeah, or like, yeah. or I mean, you know, it. Uh, yeah, but then nothing happened. So I was like, I didn't know if. That was supposed to not make only, me feel that I mean, it way. Not happened. only nothing happens, but he's like, I don't want to say coward, because I would also <laughs> cry and beg for survival if I had a gun in my hand. Right. But uh, he's not going to fuck with them. Right. He doesn't want any trouble. Yeah. He's like immediately like, please, yeah. my kids. I have kids. I'm just a highway yeah. patrol douchebag. Yeah. Out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. But I do wonder if like maybe that was the intent, and then, then was decided that would be a little... Too much. If we, had I don't already... think they make it that way. I think yeah. there is. I think there's always something to be said, and I think uh, about keeping things 
kind of at arm's reach, but right. not necessarily like on the nose or like mm-hmm. pointing it out. Because I think that that's the ambiguity that like Ridley Scott does like that kind of thing. Yeah. We've seen it. Um, I mean, we see it in Alien. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we see like... Prometheus ha- is almost too mysterious. Like that's yeah. what people didn't like <laughs> right. about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also just like implications of like... Uh, like you don't have all the relevant there's pieces. There's more going on than like you Charlize even see. Right. Right. Yeah. In, yeah. Or, yeah, in uh, Prothe- uh, Prometheus. Mm-hmm. Her character doesn't, you don't know or realize that her character is like what the daughter of uh, Guy Pierce or right. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so much, you have to go back and think about all the things that she said right. in the movie and why she is the way. You, Otherwise, you just think she's jaded captain. Also, mm-hmm. Reservoir Dogs had already happened, right? At this yeah. time? Uh, 90 or 91. So Maybe the same year. year. May, it might be the mm. same year. Because I wonder about the idea of casting Madsen. I know that you talked about that casting call where they brought in these four guys. Right. Well, clearly he was brought in because he reads as a scary, like right. violent type of dude. And it's interesting that Jimmy actually is... I would say a complex character, but not the worst guy in the world. Yeah. Not the best guy uh-huh. either. Uh, you shouldn't start a conversation by throwing shit around the hotel room. Mm-hmm. But he gets to an okay place. So you can <laughs> tell he respects mm-hmm. Susan Sarandon. But uh, I think, I do think Ridley Scott put effort into, I mean, the whole team put yeah. effort into cultivating the feeling at least a tiny bit that women constantly try to remind us that they deal with all the time. Right. So like even in minor interactions with extras, there was mild harassment. Mm-hmm. Like in the bar, someone just like staring at her ass as she walks by. Not an interchange. Just like I do think there's this cultivated feeling of dread and constant. Right. They're like low-key harassed yeah. all the time, mm-hmm. which it's is really effective. Kind of like yeah. get out. You and know? casting. Yeah. It is. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Uh, Maybe like, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's not a get out for me because I guess I'm a woman. So I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's the not horror apples dread to apples thing where you're like, yeah, it's yeah. a get out, but for feminism, they're not that directly comparable. But no. the thought process behind building right. a world that yes. way is definitely. Yeah. I think so. I think mm-hmm. it, if it's almost like trying to make a horror movie out by just Having taking a, a mirror and reflecting what the earth is. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes <sighs> it's a horror show. Yeah. And so I really and like, because I mean, if you've, I feel like if you've seen Reservoir Dogs ever, when Michael Madsen, the first shot, you go, well, he's going to do something awful. Like any movie mm-hmm. you see him in, I'm sorry, right. it's too late, Mr. Blonde. So yeah. like that was another maneuver I thought was really effective. And I do think they were intentionally like, when you see Harvey Keitel, you think he's going to be a hard-ass cop. Then surprise, he actually has kind of a good heart. Mm-hmm. When you see Michael Madsen, I think similarly earlier, like, well, she probably left him because he slit her dog's throat in front of her or something. Because that's the kind right. of shit he does. Right. And then it turns out to be the like, yeah. He's your classic Southern piece of shit with anger management problems, mm-hmm. but like he's never done anything unforgivable. Right. He's right. kind of a regular dude, which yeah. is shocked the shit out of me. Right. <laughs> it's I mean, like when you see Ray Liotta in like a straight to DVD movie where he's a, a like uh, a big hearted family man. Oh, I'm like, sorry, whoa, Ray, Ray Liotta. Liotta. Can't do it. Can't whoa. see it. Can't do it. Yeah, this movie is really just a um, misogynist like safari. Yeah. <laughs> or like a like a like all you can eat misogyny night at a uh, at a mm-hmm. diner kind of thing. And I love like here's a flavor, here's a flavor, here's a little yeah, bit of Yeah, it's JD. a lot of different kinds. It's a multi multifaceted. It's mm. beautiful to li- it's a diamond. And what's it's amazing about that is that that's a hateful diamond. Yeah. That gives your classic buddy road movie that ends at a destination shape and like yeah. weight that they usually don't have. The mm-hmm. only other one that comes to mind is that does for me is like planes, trains and automobiles Mm. because they do the thing where they're like, surprise, it was about the nature of grief and loneliness the whole time. And you're like, Oh, that retroactively does give it structure and weight. Mm -hmm. Everything else is just like due date. Like the baby's going to be born on X day and our car broke down. So we have to go there. Thelma Louise may be like the best road movie. It's yeah. so I think so. Yeah. It works. Yeah. It definitely I think beats so. more levels. It beats uh, well Sugarland Express, which is Spielberg's which is Spielberg, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. second film. Um, and that movie 
has the same kind of quality where like the world like you have to ask about these scuff laws which i guess is what they usually call them scoff scoff laws yeah scoff laws yeah they scoff at the law outlaw yeah oh. uh, and but it is it, it would also work where it's like you've scuffed up the law it's usually untarnished and you've tarnished right it. right mm. there you go <laughs> either works <laughs> right, good save either good save uh but yeah they these types of um movies usually had like there's a history of having them like is are we the crazy ones or is the world crazy mm-hmm. uh and usually it ends with no that you're crazy <laughs> so this is the best one because it's it reverses that trope right. i think right it's saying no no some aspects of the world are crazy and they crush people and yeah yeah hopefully <sighs> one day it won't be yeah. yeah and therefore that's why i don't think like, even though I know what you guys were saying earlier about Harvey Keitel and the savior figure and stuff mm-hmm. like that, um, I think he's just legitimately trying t- to be nice to them and mm-hmm. doing a thing like another form of like, uh, excuse me, miss, kind of like kindness with like, I just want you to get the fuck back here so that we, so can, we can put you in so jail. So man can handle this yeah, situ- situation. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Because yeah, he kind of honeys her on the sometimes phone. Sometimes I wonder yeah. if he was just dripping honey, as they say. And like, if he got them back, he would throw the book at them. I he wish, doesn't want them dead, right. but he does. He is but a cop. I going, wish I had gotten that inkling more. To right. me, it did throw it a little bit. It that's the He's part that took perfect. it out of me. He's pretty perfect. He's like a yeah. I can see how mm-hmm. you're annoyed by like. And it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a deal no, breaker. No, but Harvey Keitel is like. If I am ever on a crime spree, <gasps> that's the cop I hope is right. overseeing my case. Right, it seemed too good to be true. He's almost he, perfectly He's nice. calling yeah. them all the time. Like right. he gives them multiple chances to be like. He's at home throwing shade at her me. husband. Like right. you should have treated your wife yeah. better and shit. And he's just, like advocating for her right. in her absence. It's he little, gives them. He gives them their uh, first crime uh, orgasm. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it just seems like a little too. M- a little, yeah, just a little off. That was the only thing that I was like, I would have That's changed fair. this had I been in That's control. That's fair. And you don't and really nothing n- else would I have changed. You really don't need him either. He's a That's the other character thing. He seemed, you can take him out. I do think he was added to either like fill out the bracket of like we need some guys on screen and or as companions to yeah. the women coming to see the film. I think it's I also think he's a literalization of the not all men thing. I think I think that's closer to the I truth. think it's yeah. that the probably dudes involved yeah. are like I think we're getting to it. That's what I wish was. I don't in want it. I Sorry. don't want. I want there to be one nice guy because that would be me. Like, can't, right. I wouldn't assault anyone. Yeah, nice I would guy. like Where's be trying to this? make sure the right thing happens. And they're like, "Well, Jimmy," and he's like, "But I wouldn't even throw stuff." I mean, I want a really nice guy in there. You mm-hmm. know, where's the nice guy? Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know if that was an active campaign or even Callie Curry just knew that they would want that. Right. That's you know because systems be systems can apply pressure without yeah. a person actually having to come do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think. For better or worse, yes. Yeah. Kaitel is there to stand yeah. in as the guy who's not a douchebag. Yeah, I don't mind it. I just think it it taints the water a bit for me. It's yeah, yeah it's yeah. like oh, I know what that is, and I don't need it. There's I know always, exactly what it is, I and as, I don't yeah. need that here. As you get distance, like flubbed notes become clear, and that's mm-hmm. what we call like being dated. I think the two things in this yeah. are the black dude riding the yeah. bike. <laughs> And Kaitel's hand. But like that's yeah. it. And like how amazing is that? No, no, yeah, no. most movies uh, from that time are way more dated. Right. If they're, if they're trying to comment on something real about society, they're usually much more backwards right. than, this, than Thelma and Louise's. Uh, and this is so gr- <laughs> and it's so enjoyable through and through that you that hardly, you know, makes much of a difference in the end. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's a well crafted movie from the design mm-hmm. to the execution. But to see Kaitel's penis, we would have to wait. Yeah, for the piano. There's a weird, random runner <laughs> plot where he and uh, Brad Pitt just started going to town on each other. <laughs> oh yeah. No, that just they happened to leave the camera on, and that just happened naturally. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It was Harvey Keitel's turn to experience his first real orgasm, uh-huh. and then and then Ridley Scott joins <laughs> strangely, and I'm like, Me what is too. the director? <laughs> Say. Now you're ripping Everyone off your just friend's is like, film. Brad Pitt's just like, bring in the crew. Yeah, bring him in. Bring him in. I'm Brad Pitt. <laughs> it's just the magic of Brad Pitt. Yeah, it's Man. just a magical. He leaves a wake of orgies wherever he travels. Yeah, yeah. I think so, though. I think, I don't know these days, but he certainly had a time. <laughs> Maybe not these days. Maybe not. He's yeah. tired Everyone's now. He always looks past. tired. When well, I mean, he's, he's done a lot of movies. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, get, he deserves it to be tired. It reminds me, there's the, another 
I would say the other big famous like uh, buddy criminals who you know are doomed traveling is Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. And their metaphor that they think is so like great that they package the whole movie around right. it is the gun is his dick. Get it? The gun is his dick. That's why he can only get an erection after they rob a bank. Mm-hmm. Isn't it crazy how wow. a gun looks like a dick? <laughs> like to me wow. that is not Although this movie has like, more shit going on. Blows up a dick, so That's amazing. Blows up though. a giant that yeah. guy. The guy is just a I understand. whirlwind of I'm sure that guy exists. I'm sure that guy exists because he knows he's alone in the desert. Right. right. So he can go wild. Yeah, yeah. But even if I were a bad person. <laughs> The shit he yells is like what Yosemite Sam would yell. Yeah. Or He's a Yosemite He's Sam like, of hatred. I want to sex at you. Yeah. Hey, you sex objects going yeah. by in your little sex car. Yeah. <laughs> and I just love oh. that they're like their response to that, which is just like very like Sasha Baron Cohen esque, which is like, what's that thing you're doing with your mouth? What's that all about? <laughs> yeah. Like they're not what's even that? like making a joke or making mm-hmm. fun of. Them. They're just like, what do you think is happening yeah. right now? Brad Pitt just just leans over. He's like, that's not how you do it. You don't just stick your whole tongue out and then flap it up and down like an airplane wing. (laughs) (laughs) Yosemite Sam. Uh, Well, thank you, Vivian Liu, for giving me an opportunity to watch Thelma and Louise again. It's been a long time. Uh, My stepdad had never seen it. And when they went off the cliff, he went... (gasps) Really? Yeah, so yeah, oh, really? it's, still, it's a very you... impactful twist if you don't uh, know. Yeah, um, it's so much. That Simpsons episode sort of ruined it for everyone in our generation. Right, right. Yeah, Ruth I Powers like I... is Louise, basically. <laughs> I, like, I almost thought I had seen it. I was like, no, I've seen it. No, I haven't seen it. At know? least three sketch shows or shows right. have I've seen through Thelma and Louise drive yeah. off the cliff, but then something else happens. <laughs> yeah. Another Thelma Louise like right. slam into a midair. What happens to Marge and Ruth? Oh, they crash into a landfill, so it's fine. Because they filled Springfield Gorge with garbage. It's oh. a topic for a different podcast. Yeah, it's Simpsons pod. Thank you to Vivian. Thank you to Maggie Mae for being oh, here. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Vivian. Abe. What's up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> You're holding hands again. So <laughs> we podcast. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, everybody. Swaim here with added excitement in my voice because it might equate to money for me. Uh, I just wanted to officially let everyone know through the medium of audio rather than tweets that Small Beans has a merch store now. Yeah, that's right. And this is not just some cash grab with the logos of our shows, although you can get logo tees there if you'd like. We worked very hard with several very talented artists to really present you with shirts and buttons and content to come that we really think is worth your purchase and you're going to enjoy. And if you're someone who hasn't been able to patronize us, this is a fantastic way to support Small Beans directly without having to sign up for Patreon. And of course, you get a physical item in return rather than just our glorious, glorious content, which will remain free, but is not free to make. So we'd really appreciate anyone who's willing to check out the SB merch store. It is at smallbeans.bigcartel.com and there you will find a bunch of hilarious shirt designs, some limited edition buttons, as well as an ever-increasing amount of audio content to download. We're talking original rap songs, audiobook versions of short stories, and so on. And we're always brainstorming and trying to add new things to the shop, but we'll stop if no one goes there. So please check it out, smallbeans.bigcartel.com. And as always, we love you!